What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sitting Courtside, episode 21, the Tim Duncan episode. Of course, it's your boy, Jerry D. And it's your boy, Dante. You know, we're just going to jump right into this thing. I hope everything is well with you, Dante. We're about another week into this new year. I'm blessed to have you on this podcast. We're blessed to be here. Stop oh, yeah. it. I hope Stop I make it, Jerry. Bit, You're trying to make me blush. Trying to make <laughs> me blush for Tim Duncan here. Jerry, yeah, so I'm very excited to be here for another episode of Sitting Courtside. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for joining, for listening, for watching. If you're on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, you know, check out all the videos on this platform, all that good stuff. Audio listeners, give us a rating, like, subscribe. I don't know how podcast stuff works. I don't know if it's like like, follow. I don't know how it works. Do what you got to do. <laughs> Help shoot us up the charts. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, a little plug in. I wanted to <laughs> a little, get this out of the way early, Jerry. I wanted to plug it in a bit. Uh, yeah, for sure. But let's dive straight into this thing. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green is basically he's back yeah you know after he's he's a born again right just Mm -hmm. fresh out pulled out the water just got rebaptized. he's back at least not playing quite yet even though he'd like to the warriors are just taking their time with them after you know some mental health issues contemplated retirement apparently in his latest podcast cried cried in his backyard with steve kurt it's it seems like a very loaded situation but he is back practicing. He's back around mm-hmm. the team now. So after a 12-game suspension I have here, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, just give me your quick thoughts just about the initial news of just hearing that he's back. He's not playing yet, but what uh-huh. he said on his podcast about the, the tears with Kerr, the contemplating retirement, Adam Silver talked him out of it. Just give me a spiel. Listen, I'm not in Draymond's mind. I Listen, I'm not, I'm not here to, like – fault another man bring down another man for like you know crying all this and that but like I felt like the whole thing was a little too much like the whole contemplating retirement how he was saying it was too much for him dude you do it to yourself you're out there swinging elbowing kicking NBA players in the balls and you're contemplating retirement because you're too you're too upset about the the backlash that comes with it like you've been doing this stuff for years and it's like I get it. Like, it is shitty how it all, like, you know, you do that, like, everyone's saying these things about you. But, like, it was, you know, rightfully so. Like, you know, he, he's he been doing this shit for years. And, you know, it came to a point where the NBA had to do something about it. And, you know, I hope in this time gone that he was able to do what he had to do to get in the right headspace to kind of remove these antics, like he was saying. Um, but at the same time, it's like, these words and all these stories and stuff like of what he's saying, like that doesn't really mean anything to me until he steps out on a court and like actually shows that he's not, you know, that player that he once was. Um, you, obviously we're not going to see it from night one. It's definitely going to be a work in progress, but until he does something until he proves it, then, you know, these words, I don't know if they really carry too much weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's back. Like, you know, I think the warriors, you know, need him. Uh, but at the same time, I thought it was a little bit like the apology was kind of, he was trying to have people feel bad for him, I think. And it's like, you put yourself in this situation, like own up to it, move on and, you know, just get better from it. That's, that's really my two cents. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, I don't know if I can say exactly that he was trying to make people feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's a valid it's a valid statement i think everybody is entitled to their opinion obviously social media is running away with this thing right now yeah absolutely of, you no know, memes and jokes but 
I appreciate just him telling me what exactly was going through his head with what everybody was saying. He, he called a couple people out, like Stephen A. Smith or yep. Kevin Durant. I think he said. Question. I think he said something about Kevin Durant too. Yep. yep. Saying how like he said it, like pissed him off that like he said. I think it may have been a little bit out of context, but he was like upset that Kevin Durant said yep. like he needed help or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was mad. He was mad that Stephen A. called out Steph Curry's leadership yep. when it was a little mm-hmm. misconstrued and blah blah blah, but. I could just appreciate a man taking me down the hole that he came from. Similar to how we looked at Aaron Rodgers with the whole darkness retreat on the football side of things before he decided mm-hmm. to leave Green Bay and go to New York. I appreciated just getting into the into the mind of a madhouse for a little bit just to see how exactly you came down to this conclusion or what mm-hmm. exactly did you learn or how did you reflect? Just like you, I don't to know go how down to get to where he to get to where he is. Yeah, you know, we're not therapists on this show. Hell, half the world aren't therapists. So if you could just tell me exactly what's going on with me without me having to ask the right questions, Mm -hmm. I can appreciate you just letting me take a look inside your mind. But in terms of his words and whether they're trustworthy or not, I'm with you. I don't know if we could exactly agree with, you know, you took about a month and a half off from basketball. You're going to come back and not having the same antics because I hate to break it to you, Dre, but. That's a part of your brand now. Yeah. Like who <laughs> yeah, you are as the heart and soul of this mm-hmm. team, you are a Hall of Fame agitator. But yeah, you're also a really exactly. good player. I'm not taking anything away from your skill set, but Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. Yep. You got up under the skin of a lot of different teams. You're the heart and soul. You bark at people. You do all these different things that, hey, they help your team win. Not exactly. That wasn't the case in 2016 when you hit LeBron in the nuts and you had to sit out a game. I think you might have costed them a championship. But Very well could have. Yep. You also won them four more. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Dre. I hope he got all the help that he needed, took all the time off. Whether it was sharing tears with, tears with Steve Kerr that helped you come to this realization, whether those conversations that you didn't tell us about, I'm sure, with Steph, Clay, whoever else that you were in contact with from the organization, or even mentors, like the, the old Detroit Pistons squad that he grew up loving to watch. Like Rasheed Wallace, who, who I'm sure had a couple words for him after he said, "Yeah, he liked this because of us." So, hopefully, he talked to anybody he needed to talk to, and that they're good. But in terms of mental stability, I don't think the Warriors have much of that right now. With their team currently being 12th in the West at yes. 17 and 19, behind the Utah yes. Jazz at 11 and the LA Lakers at 10. Just even with Dre coming back, how do you like their odds to? turn this ship around kind of remember chris paul is also out for a the month next few weeks at least right yeah i heard jonathan kuminga and steve kerr are butting heads there's, <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on over there you asked me if i like their chances uh i don't um i don't like their chances i don't think i do believe that they will like be in the play-in like I do think that they will be a play-in team but I don't think they're turning the ship around I think they can turn it enough to like to an angle where they'll like stay on a good trajectory and then once they get to the play and they get thrown right off track again um yeah it's just there's too much stuff going on with the team right now uh Steph Curry is really the only one on this team that's been consistent all year Clay you don't know what you're getting out of him each night Draymond you can't count on him uh, being able to play. Uh, Kuminga is now, you know, having these conversations, you know, with Steve Kerr, complaining about his minutes and stuff. 
Um, there's just Chris Paul being injured, like you mentioned. There's just so much stuff going on, and I don't think I don't know if this if we're I don't know if we're exactly seeing the end of this dynasty right now, or we're just seeing a really bad year. But I think there is a good chance that after this season, the Warriors next year is going to look a little different than what we see right now. Yeah, no, nah, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't even really do them the justice of giving them a playing spot. I think you're doing that it's out hard. of respect. It's hard. I'm doing it out of respect. I'm a I thousand percent doing it out of respect. I yeah. got you. I yeah. just, I think you hit everything that I literally could have said. With how Clay Thompson has played to this point, he literally trash-talked himself. He admitted that he was mm-hmm. hot garbage, basically. Yep. And then he started playing better, like, there was a point in time in the season where nobody else scored, scored over 20 points in a game except for Steph. Now, Clay, I believe, has like around 13 to 15 games of doing that, of having 20-plus points. So good for Clay for riding the ship and realizing that he hasn't played miraculously well. But like you said, it's a roller coaster. I don't know exactly what I'm getting from Clay Thompson at this point in his career. Even now, a guy that used to be able to guard elite, fast point guards or two guards, I can't, can't do that anymore. Do that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. now it's nope. like you're gonna guard the small ball fours or another a bigger forward and that's okay he does a he does a solid job of doing that but it's obviously not the clay it's a step down from what he was doing in the past big time yeah and then just looking at the jonathan kumiga situation where initially two years ago when they won the title this was a team that was according to the gm at the time of bob myers and owner joe lakeup was buying in to the young core, to the young core mm. to kind of take this torch from the, our original big three to hand it to the new one of Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, and Jonathan Kuminga, and whoever else. Yeah. But well, one of them's there, gone. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> now, now yeah, that's falling apart. One of them's gone. He was traded and is having a very tumultuous year, by the way, and on a yeah. bad team where we all cool. thought he was going to flourish. Oh, yeah. he let us down. My DraftKings account will we'll back that up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. My my open bets will back that up. Yep. Yep. And then we're looking mm-hmm. at Moses Moody, who I don't think necessarily gets the minutes to. Necessarily I was gonna grow. say I don't. I can't even tell you like a notable thing that he's done since he's been in the league. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's hard. And then now Kuminga, who probably has the most potential on the team so far amongst the young players, is unhappy and is mm-hmm. in trade rumors and could possibly yeah. be moved. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Took a yep. step back after winning the championship and is now on the tr- on the trading block. It's like once some of these guys get their money, they get their big payday. They're just ready to roll over Stop. like a fat pig. Yeah, yep, yeah, dude. It's I don't know if this is how people thought the Warriors dynasty was going to go down, but I think we are in the middle of watching the ship sink. Um, it's just, it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the year unfolds for this team and how it plays out. If guys get traded at the deadline, if they try to to save this season, um, whatever it is, um, I'm very interested. And I, I, I just feel for Steph, man. I want the best for Steph. I love Steph. I love Clay, And I, I love, I do love that team. I do think that, you know, like, obviously growing up like me like watching basketball 2010s being like you know the prime years of me watching getting the ball it was about the Warriors and stuff so it is like kind of crazy seeing like a team that has been together since you know since I can remember um you know disbanding and looking like this but all good things come to an end uh but 
I think that's what I think that's the path we're going down, the direction we're going down now. Oh yeah, yeah, I think we're already here. I yeah. mean, the last I, thing. I'll yeah, I think Clay is like Clay is one foot out. Draymond, I think they're going to do something with him, and Steph is going to be the last one, <laughs> the last one standing. You know, I think everybody just needs to call Greg Popovich, call Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, or Manu Ginobili, and just ask how the fuck did they do it. How did you do it for so long? Yeah. Not only that. Hey, maybe you put Clay on the bench. Maybe you give him the money role. I just don't. I think. <laughs> I don't think that won't work. It's no. just the the way that the Spurs big three dynasty faded off into black was still them making the postseason. And right. they were still a really good team. They were like, a good team. Yeah, they were. Duncan's last year when they I forgot yeah. who they lost to in the. In the in the playoffs, but. was it the uh, was it the Warriors that they no I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know I'm just don't shooting know. teams out. Either way, Tim Duncan finished out his career in the postseason, which is still like, oh shit, Timmy's still like the big three is still together, and they did this and did that. Like it's it's kind of crazy to see, but yeah. Enough about the depressing Warriors, and on to another even more depressing situation. Hmm. And to John Morant, who. Torres Labrum after just nine games this season, after serving a 25-game suspension. Tough, dude. Tough. And take it away. It was at practice, too, right? It was at practice. Ugh. The practice. And that, that's like the yeah, worst part Yeah, dude. I'm in a, uh, a group chat with my some of my buddies, um, you know, for sports and stuff like that. And out of the blue, he just types in, um, damn, jaw out for the season. And I was just like... I was like, oh, like what the what the fuck? And then I was like going through Twitter and stuff, and I hadn't been on like an hour or so, and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing nothing, like nothing's coming up. I'm like, whoa, like I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And then I literally was like, five minutes ago, John Morant out for the yep. season. Yeah, dude, it's it's tough because you know we've talked about John Morant extensively on this podcast and how we both uh, you know wish success for him. We want him to do well. We want him to you know turn the corner, kind of you know fix his image from what it was turned into with the whole, you know, all the off the court stuff, whatever. Um, and it seemed like he was on, you know, the path of doing that was having a fantastic season, putting up 25 points, uh, almost six rebounds, eight assists a game. The Grizzlies were six and three with him and they desperately needed him because they were seven and 20 without him. One of the worst teams in the league. And, you know, this injury is just a real bummer, man. We're, we love Ja. He's the NBA is a much better place than in it. It's much more exciting. The Grizzlies are a much better team when he's playing. Things are more competitive, more interesting. And now it's like we're just going back to what the Grizzlies were when they didn't have John Morant. Uh, again, when they were seven and twenty, um, I don't know what their exact record was in the twenty-five games that he was out, but it wasn't good. And I can't imagine. You know, we were talking about with John Morant, they could possibly make the play they could turn things around make the play in games make the playoffs even whatever they had a 0.5% chance of making it um now i'm on, i'm on board with that 0.5% chance um because without John Morant this team is not making anything without i mean the grizzlies as shitty as it sounds i need to actually uh take advantage of this if John Morant's out the season and you're not going to compete for anything get a good draft pick i know the draft isn't that strong this year Get a solid draft pick. Use it as, you know, a trade value, you know, package it with something, whatever. But try to make the most out of this is what I'm saying. Um, But John Morant, I wish him a very speedy recovery. He's out for the rest of the season. But hopefully 
you know, next year comes back around, he can start fresh game one and he he'll be able to do what he was meant to do this year. And that is, you know, prove people, prove to people that he is a changed person, all that stuff is behind him and he is going to show with his game on the court. Yeah. No, I mean, beautifully said, man, I, I don't, I don't really have much to add there. I, it's just, it's just real sad to see, see what he's been through. And like, yes, it was self-inflicted with, uh, you know, beating up the 17 year old kid, the gun stuff and all this other mm-hmm. bullshit that was happening with him. Definitely self-inflicted, but if you're on the path, the path of self-righteousness, just like for Draymond, if you're really serious about trying to get well and play basketball again and just play basketball and not worry about all that other shit, I'm rooting for you. And obviously, we want to, like you said, we talk about Ja all the time on here. We both love him. We're ecstatic to watch him play, just mm-hmm. like the rest of the NBA community. So for yeah. this to happen, when the Grizzlies were kind of rolling, picking up some steam, Made made us believers into like wow you know that 05 percent chance yeah that's BS like they definitely yeah, should right. be hiked up so yeah no nah, it sucks I think it's a gut punch man it's yeah. and I can only imagine for him too you know like obviously he was he missed twenty five games when it wasn't because of like an injury or something so he's itching to get back on the court he wants to do all these things like I said proving people wrong turning the corner and now it's yeah. you're back you're back to being on the couch. But you know, Sucks. since since Jaws exit, I believe the Grizzlies are two and zero since missing out on Jaws. That's true. They're winning. The, they won a couple games. So I mean, I'm I'm with you though. I literally wrote a script about this and everything that this is a silver lining for the Memphis Grizzlies because all the other teams in the West are getting better. You look at the Kings. You look at the the Thunder. You look at Houston. Even that's creeping up and coming up. I think there's a lot of good young cores around the league that could end up surpassing a team like the Grizzlies, especially if they don't improve. And they're missing right. key guys, right? Because Brandon Clark hasn't played a single second in the NBA after the torn Achilles. Steven Adams has been gone basically the last two years. Now John Morant's out. So you're missing three key guys. This is your perfect opportunity to kind of, you know, tank-ish. I know you can't say that in the NBA, but yep. <laughs> they definitely can. And they can get, yep. uh, what's the guy, Alexander Saar? The, that the French yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sipping mm-hmm. on that Wimby There's a few. looks like <laughs> a baby version of him. And then Ron Holland's a good one. Matas Buzelis. There's a few key guys that they could pick up that might be able to be another cornerstone piece alongside Ja, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, if he's still there, and whoever else they add to the team. Maybe, yeah. again, if Ja is healthy, this could be a free agency hotspot to try to could side be. with a dark horse that nobody expects to win, but they give you a solid contract. Hell, maybe Pascal wouldn't mind a trade to Memphis if he commits to re-signing. Maybe he's the piece. Like, hey, I mean, they have pieces. They have, you know, like, things that you need to make moves like that. And I yeah. do think Memphis could be a team where you attract those free agents mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think this the rest of the season is going to be kind of like, for the Grizzlies organization, is kind of seeing what the next step is. Because yep. I think now it's like, don't waste the season at least get something from it get like okay like these guys we can hold on to we can build around these guys maybe you know we 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 see what the weaknesses are right so i'm i'll be we'll see if the grizzlies team looks anything like it does right now next season but i think uh this john morant injury might cause some some shakeups in that organization yeah no no doubt i mean it's it's only a matter of time I, I, you can't even blame coaching you can't even blame GMs. This is just 
you know, shit luck at this point yeah. for John Morant to literally just come back from the suspension, play a few yeah. games, and now you're back on the couch, like you said. But all's well. Yeah. I, I hope speedy recovery, like you said, man. Prayers out to John Morant. Yes, sir. And before we get into our next topic, Jerry, I think we should mention and give a shout out to our sponsor this episode, Factor. Are you tired of spending hours in the kitchen every day? And do you want to save time and energy to focus on your New Year's resolutions? Do you love watching ball but can't find the time to enjoy it? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need Factor. Factor is the ready-to-eat meal delivery service that delivers fresh, delicious, and nutritious meals straight to your door. I can choose from a variety of cuisines, dietary preferences, and portion sizes. I can also customize my menu and schedule according to my needs. Factor takes care of the cooking, cleaning, and shopping for me, so I have more time to watch games. Whether I wanna lose weight, get fit, learn a new skill, or watch more basketball, Factor can help me achieve all my goals this 2024. Factor meals are made with high quality ingredients, paired by professional chefs and nutritionists, and packed in eco-friendly containers. I can heat them up in minutes and enjoy them at home or sitting courtside. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter my schedule. Your team just won a huge game and you need a special occasion meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution for fast upscale options done easily. It's time to live your best life. Order Factor today. Head to factormeals.com slash cpcourtside50 and use code cpcourtside50 for 50% off. That's code cpcourtside50 at factormeals.com slash cpcourtside50 for 50% off. Now back to the video. All right, Jerry, now let's get into our last topic of this video. Eric Spolstra, Miami Heat head coach, signs an eight-year, $120 million contract extension. I'm pretty sure, is this the biggest contract in NBA history? Is this like like average year? It's right beneath Greg Popovich's. Okay, so this is one of the highest paid contracts for a coach in NBA history. It is, honestly, this is a lot of money. Like we... In 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 the in sports in general, I was gonna say in the world of basketball and sports, we see all this money being thrown around, players, coaches, all this and that. Um, but you know, it's it's a lot of money, but he deserves it. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches, not just in the game today. You can argue he's one of the better coaches of all time um, that has ever, you know, coached an NBA team. Uh, here in our notes, we have a few. Um, a few stats here that, that you threw in, Jerry. Thank you for including this. Eric Spolstra started off as a video coordinator with the Heat in 1995. That's where he started off. 29 years later, he has 725 wins, 109 playoff wins, which is fifth of all time, a three-time uh, three champion, two as a head coach. He has seven East titles and NBA, all, uh, NBA Finals appearances, excuse me. He has, I mean, he's really done it all, and he's come a long way. You talk about guys that, again, that deserve something like this that, to be recognized for his hard work and, you know, get his, you know, get what he's worth and get his due. It's nice to see. Um, 
Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Eric Spolstra deserves this money. It doesn't surprise me that this extension came came out and stuff. Um, as much as I hate the Heat, uh, you know, for what they've what they've done to the Celtics the last few years and the rivalry they've had, um, I'm proud. I'm happy for Spo. He's awesome. I've always loved him, and I I always will. He's dope. You know, this seems like you know, like how we people get out of high school. Some people go off to college. <laughs> Other people go straight into the workforce, and then you got the guys that somehow just end up at the Walmart, you know, wasting time, or it seems like it. But then a couple years go by, oh, wow, you're not working in the back anymore, and now you're out in the front. Oh, you're not in the front anymore, and now you're in corporate. Like, you know, like being a – that's the kind yeah. of vibe I get from being a video coordinator for an NBA franchise. Right. It's it's like, oh, okay, like this this is what you are. I don't know, like maybe you get the head of video and nowadays in our day and age, now it'd be yeah. like head of social media or something right. like that. Yeah. But to go from head of video to to being an assistant coach, winning under the tutelage of Pat Riley in 06, yep. and then you just kind of grow, you keep growing, you become a head coach, you coach Hall of Famers like LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Now you got Jimmy and Bam in a whole nother decade and you're still doing well. It's Nothing but I can't do nothing but tip my cap to the guy that worked his way up from the bottom. That's the thing, dude. Like he grinded, um, he worked his ass off um, to get to where he is, and that's why, like you know, all comes around. Twenty nine years later, he's getting the bag, and he he honestly deserves it. I, I I'm trying to look up the quote right now. I saw someone. It was this was from like a week ago or a few weeks ago or something, and it was about like when Spolstra was in Miami. Um, not when. He, He's still in Miami. When LeBron was in Miami, he was coaching those LeBron teams. And it was like, initially at first, it was like LeBron may have wanted Spolstra fired, this and that, whatever. And then they were just like, Spolstra ain't going nowhere. Like, they were like, yeah. no. Like, this was the yeah. one time that they were telling LeBron, like, you're not like, he's not, not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to keep the Miami way, bro. The heat culture. They've had that shit set since day one. Uh, Eric Spolstra is the one like consistent part, bro. It's like, you look at all these great teams and he and the over the last like 15, 20 years, Spolcher's been there and he's been consistent. He, you know, whether it's LeBron, Jimmy Butler, you know, all these teams in between, like he makes it work. And the Heat have always been relevant. I think that's also a testament to how how great he is as a coach. Um, you know, it's hard for me to think of like, you know, bad seasons for Miami. They've always been relevant, um, always found a way to be competitive and you know, like you said, tip your hat off to Spolstra. He deserves it, man. Definitely one of the best coaches uh, of our lifetime, for sure. Oh, yeah. And Nick, not sure. to put his personal business out there, but, you know, social media does that already. I'm glad he waited until after his divorce to go ahead and get <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Guess what? Hey, he's playing chess, not checkers. That's you know right. Where, you know where that money would have gone if he got yeah. it before the divorce. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, like, be also Spolstra, he hasn't made... He he's living in Miami, bro. No, no tax, nothing like that. Yeah. That hun that hundred twenty million dollars going right in the bank. Are you fucking kidding me? That's yeah, lit. No. That's lit, bro. He won. He won. He deserves it. And That's after, a life, bro. After just doing less with more for a lot of the his stint as a Heat coach, mm-hmm. after LeBron Wade and Bosh kind of started tapering off, we thought Miami was going to fall into into dissonance, you know, and just right. kind of become become nothing. But look now. They're 21 and 15. They're fifth in the East. After, I think, in the pregame stages or the preseason stages, we didn't really know what to expect from Miami. They missed out on no. game. They failed to get any big-time free agents. Well, guess what? 
They got Jaime Jaquez Jr., who's playing like the third best rookie he's in the a, NBA. He's, it could be the second best rookie in the NBA. Maybe. Like, could be. He's yeah, definitely going to be on an all-NBA first team. So, just for sure. Where, what do we think about Miami? How far can they go now? Are they, are they a finals contender? Is this a legit threat? Or we're thinking there's a ceiling that they can't get through. I can't, like, I can't, um, I would love to sit here and say, like, yeah, like, Miami is, like, not a team you have to worry about. They're a team that, like, you know, year after year, they're getting older. No, it's, like, I can't, like, of course they're going to be in the mix. Um, They don't have to be a top three seed in the Eastern Conference to be a team that you have to look out for. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, they were a playing team last year. They made it to the finals, you know, so... I think it's, we've talked about this, you know, when the playoffs come around, a, a, a flip switches, teams, players become a little bit more competitive, and Jimmy Butler really flips the switch. Like, he's a great player, but something happens when the playoffs start that you just can't explain. Um, yeah, I, I think the Heat are always going to be in the mix. I think it's always going to be a team that you're going to dread playing in the playoffs. I, I'm going to be so upset if the Celtics have to play the Heat. Whether or not I think the Celtics could sweep the Heat or not, I'm going to be bullshit that we have to play them because it's always something with them. They always give you yeah. fits. And they, you know, they're great just, at it. They're great. They're fantastic at yeah. it. Just thinking about, like, piggybacking off of what you just said, I, I saw on J.J. Reddick's podcast with Tim Legler that he did mention that he knows for a fact that Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia yeah. mm-hmm. do not do want not want to play. Yeah, he's Especially right. Yeah, for sure. Early I mean, in the look, first round, I would the hate Celtics, to be the third seed, and they're at the sixth seed, and then we got a matchup. You get no. spoiled, the Celtics, because it's just also exhausting. Even if you beat them, you're exhausted going into the next round. Yep, they have history with Milwaukee. They beat in Milwaukee in multiple rounds of the playoffs. The Celtics, same thing with them. The Sixers, Jimmy Butler just has a a vendetta against the Sixers organization because they kept. Simmons and Tobias Harris over him so of course none of those teams want to play him why would they want to play him I, I mean it the Heat are always going to be relevant they it's Butler and Bam and then they always find a way to get these these role players like uh like the I I can't pronounce what's his name I can't pronounce I always fuck up his name the rookie from Miami Jaime Jaquez Jaime Jaquez yeah Jaime Jaquez they forget him. It's like it's not fair. It's like they lose out. They lose someone. They lose like the Gabe Vincents. They lose all these role players, the Max Struces, and then they find another guy to replace them. It's like it's a cycle. It's a it's a continuous cycle. Um, I respect it, but it pisses me off too. Um, but yeah, they're always going to be a competitive team as long as they have at least one of Spolstra, Jimmy Bam. If they have something going on there, they're going to be competitive. Yeah, you know, shout out to Miami. Tyler Hero's also having a career. Tyler Hero, Tyler so, Hero too. Don't want to fail to mention him. Really, Duncan Robinson's having a better year. Yeah, they it's they, always, they always figure it out. They figure it out. It's a cohesive group that no matter if they miss out on pieces like the pieces that you named that left, they're still going to be good. It's like a oh, we didn't missing out on a couple blocks. I can still make all the colors the same on one side, whether he's here or not. They didn't get Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Drew Holiday, but they got Jaime, uh, Jaime Haskett, so that they're good. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're like, oh, screw them. We have, we have, it. We have them at home. <laughs> we have Donovan Mitchell at home. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's it. We're short and sweet to the point. I'm, I'm all out of topics, baby. 
I'm not. We have some time. I have some things I got to say. We have a few things we have to talk about. We have a few things to get off our chest. The NBA referees. Listen, I just want to clarify this. I'm not just saying this because it happened to the Celtics. None of that bullshit. I think that this is a problem that has been going on for years. I think it is a problem that goes on in multiple sports. NFL, I think, has it worse, which is absolutely terrible. NBA, though. It's just like, you know, these NBA refs and stuff, like this is their job, right? And same with these NBA players. They get paid to go out there and, put a, and to play a game and for the result of this game to come down to what happens on the court between the players. But when it comes down to it and the game is decided because of a referee's judgment and his actions, there has to be something done with that because it happens too fucking often where the ref a ref's call, a missed call, blown call, bad call, whatever it may be, alters the result of a game when it shouldn't rely on, it shouldn't come down to the ref's final call. Now, what I'm talking about, I'm sure people might know where I'm getting to, is the Celtics and Pacers. Jalen Brown gets hit on the head and gets the ball blocked. They call a foul on the floor. They review it for 10 minutes, and then they say, no, it's not a foul. That's problem number one. I don't care if he did block the ball. He did block the ball. But he also got hit in the head. That, that's a foul. Number two, Chris Tapps. Go, you want? I was, I was just going to add that it actually costed the Celtics the game, too. It did, because they would have shot free throws, and that was there was no time left. Yep. Next play, Chris Stapps gets called for a shooting foul, which is like... It's like, I'm not angry at that call. It's just the fact that they called it after all that. And then you get the last two-minute report and said it, was a, it wasn't supposed to be a foul call on Chris Stapps. It's like, you said that the Jalen call was that wasn't a foul, and then this wasn't a foul. It's like, I don't – it baffles me. Those are two two bad calls. And again, it's not. Even, I'm not even just saying this because it's the Celtics. It could have been the other way around, and I would have felt terrible for the Pacers if this is how their game ended and they lost because of this. It happens too much to the NBA. It happened last night. It's January 10th today as of this recording. January 9th, the last night, there was a whole thing with the Lakers and Raptors with the head coach of the Raptors going off. It's There needs to be something done. And I'm not like – there needs to be some sort of like – punishment like if a ref makes a bad call and a game gets decided because of it there needs to be some sort of repercussions i'm not saying the guy needs to be fired by any means or anything like that but there needs to be something um because this just can't keep happening it pisses me off it pisses off a lot more people i know i'm not just speaking for myself it's it's just like the pacers celtics was such a good game and that's how it ended like that's how it ended it's like it's so annoying it's so frustrating and I get it. Just like how NBA players' livelihood, their job is literally to go out there and play basketball for 48 minutes a night. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you're healthy and able, you need to be out there on that court. Well, if you're a referee, you're going to be running up and down the court alongside these guys. You are mm. literally, you might as well be playing a game too. You are, <laughs> technically. You're, you're running up and down the court. You, you, uh, cardio, yeah. mm. you need to be paying attention. And there's instances, especially when you do go back to the booth and you review things. I'm going to ta- throw it back to last year. When a game against your Celtics with the yes, Lakers. Yes, I know exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. When LeBron was clearly slapped on the wrist. I hope we roll this clip as we're talking about this shit. I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll note it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Literally slapped on the wrist for a layup attempt by Jason Tatum to end the, yep. end the game. And LeBron's yep. reaction 
was was he was upset and it Mm -hmm. made perfect sense because blatantly you could see his light-skinned arm (laughs) on on this on this freight train so i was um that game was going on during a uh, wrestling pay-per-view last year the royal rumble so i'm watching the rumble and i have it on my phone celtics game and i saw it and like as it happened in real time i was like ooh. That, that looked like a foul. Then I, I didn't have the volume on. Then I see LeBron freaking out. I'm like, ooh, he thought it was a foul, too. Absolutely. And, yeah, and that's yeah. where the classic Patrick Beverly meme was made. Yes. 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 You know, half glass full. You know, bad call, but we got that out of it. So at least we got that meme. Yeah. <laughs> no, but fast forwarding back yes, to present yes. day to mm-hmm. a couple of days ago on January 9th when that game happened with yes. the Raptors and the Lakers. I get why. Coach Darko Rakovich, I believe is how you pronounce it, is upset. I ain't going to correct you. (laughs) I get why he's upset. It makes perfect sense. I mean, the free throw disparities were very large, especially in that fourth quarter. But the intentional fouling at the end kind of inflated even more. But I get get why he's frustrated. The Lakers still shot 10 more free throws than you did with five minutes or seven minutes left to go in the fourth. So I get it. There's There's not really much else I can say without trashing refs. And I, right. I don't even think that Jalen Brown or Coach Rockovich or anybody – excuse me, damn. Yes, <laughs> when, we to, when we decide to go off on the refs, uh, I don't think they should even be fine. As long as they're not calling them out their lane, calling out their name or something like that or, you know, throwing them a hell, to hell. Like, yeah, you guys kind of have it. You get paid six figures to do your job, and you're not you doing get it. Paid to, you get paid to watch a basketball game up close and personal. You just got to blow a whistle and make some calls, man. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's frustrating. You have so many reps. And it's also just the fact that, like, you have this technology. You go and review things and you still don't make the right call. What are you doing? What are you doing in the boot? What are you doing with the headset? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to a guy that's watching the film? They're supposed to be talking to people in Secaucus, New Jersey, and I don't know. They're not. No, they're not in Secaucus. There, those people in New Jersey are watching other games or something because they they're watching the Sopranos. They're not watching fucking basketball because it's not that. And that they take too long reviewing things too. That whether it's right or wrong. That takes like five ten minutes from the review things. That's that doesn't that's unnecessary. It slows up up the game too much. Slows up the game more irritating, especially when it's a call that you know is blatantly incorrect. Like we can look at the monitor, the Tatum and and LeBron thing last year before they even called it, ran it back. You could clearly see. I think we ran out of challenges though. The Lakers did. How many? Like you don't have to loop it over and over again. You just need to see it once so you can call it. If I could hear, if I could hear it on TV. Like the impact of a hit, yeah. oh, it's a foul. And you call it, it's not one. I feel like I need to come for your job. I feel like I need to apply to be an NBA official. Hey, I mean, the rep that called it, I mean, he. thank God he uh, has a part-time job as a rapper because he he's the, he's the rep that looks like Gucci Mane. I'm done. <laughs> thank God he has a part-time job. I'm done. And speaking done. of that, I think we're going to close it out here. Jerry, I think uh, that's a wrap for episode 21. You have anything else you want to add in before we before we end it here? Any more rep talk? Oh no, no more rep talk. I just hope you guys listened last week when I told you guys to pick Michigan over, mm-hmm. like you know, covering the spread, blew them out, kind of like it, you knew the oh, tide yeah. of the game. It was like a twenty point win. I was at the Hornets game watching just things just take place. I'm like, I'm making money tonight, baby. <laughs> hey, 
I knew it was up. I hope shout, you guys did too. So shout out, shout out, Michigan. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a massacre, almost a massacre in the uh, the championship game. And I hope you guys hey, made better than last year. Of it. Better, better national championship because last year Georgia blew the doors off the TCU. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. That's right. I was going to say, forget who was in it. Yeah, could have been worse. But thank you guys so much for watching. Please make sure to like and subscribe if you are on YouTube. Or if you're not on YouTube, go over and check out YouTube. Uh, put in the comments, you know, some topics, debate with us, agree with us, disagree with us, whatever you want to do. Uh, check out all the other videos as well, the shorter form videos. Uh, check out the shorts, the gamified videos, so you can play along with us and all that good stuff. Maybe learn a thing or two. Um, if you're listening on podcast form, give it a like, give it a five star rating, all that good stuff. Uh, we appreciate the support; it helps us out a ton. Make sure to follow us on our socials: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I think I think that's it for socials. I think those are the only three socials. Um, check us out on our personal socials, all that good stuff. And until episode twenty-two, I can't think of an NBA player right now for the twenty-two episode. Oh, Jimmy Butler. Come on now. Until next week, until the Jimmy <laughs> Butler episode, we hope you take it easy. We hope you have a good week, and we will see you next time. Peace out. Deuces.